Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My very good friends, on today's wrestling news, a surprising title change on AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Week 1. That's a, a long show name. Uh, <laughs> an AEW tag team is reportedly not getting on behind the scenes. We've got news of Sasha Banks taking bookings outside of WWE. And on top of all of that, we have an update on Big E, and it is good news. Good news indeed. Uh, I'm Andy Murray. I'm Michael Hamflet. And this is the news. This is the news. We're going to kick things off. Uh, contrasting fortunes for a couple of AEW tag teams. We'll start with the kayfabe good fortunes. Well, just good fortunes in general, because how can you not like these guys and, yeah. and how well they're doing since coming to this company? Uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee are the tag team champions. They won. Last night's main event, it was a three-way match pitting them against champions the Young Bucks as well as Team Taz's, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. Wonderful match that we will tell you all about, not only in the podcast that the Dadley Boys and Adam Wilborn will be recording. We've got our Ups and Downs article that I write. We've got Simon Miller doing Ups and Downs on the channel. Extended thoughts across the board on that match and the show in general. But AEW pulled the title change. Uh... Less than a month after the Young Bucks have become two-time champions, so it's quite a short reign by those belts and their standards, but nonetheless it came over extremely well in the evening. The finish was Keith Lee uh, doing one of his insane flips to the outside, landed on about seven different guys, uh, <laughs> and then Swerve hit the Swerve Stomp on Ricky Starks for the win. Uh, big moment for them, they got the confetti raining down. Um, just a feel-good moment across the board, particularly given like some of the rough times that Keith Lee in particular has gone through over the past couple of years. Uh, I felt very happy for that guy in general, and Swerve too, of course, because he's a very talented man. Um, bit surprising to me, I thought that either one of two things was going to happen. Uh, the Bucks were going to retain, and then we're going to have the match for all the belts uh, at All Out with FTR, or... Ricky Starks, he's been having a bit of a moment lately. Maybe after that fire promo in the control center, they were going to put the belts on Team Taz. Neither of those happened, but hey, look, this this was a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah, I mean, it was a total ripper of a match. Absolutely worth going out your way. If you listen to this and hearing the result for the first time, go and watch it. Uh, it was great, but then water's wet. What do we expect? <laughs> it was the Young Bucks swerving our glory and Starks and Hobbs in a three-way. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite nice that they played with a surprise result for a change. One of the criticisms of Dynamite this year, um, and I mean a lot of criticisms of Dynamite this year felt like they were being addressed on last night's episode, but one of the big criticisms is that just the way Tony Khan books at the moment, it's obvious winner versus obvious losers. And as you pointed out, 
there were kind of one, there was one obvious loser in this match and they ended up winning the match. Yeah. So they all thought now, they were going to split up in this match. Exactly, yeah. Every now and then you have to um, book the trend and be a little bit unpredictable just to remind your viewers it can happen. Yep. And even if the split is forthcoming, they've done a brilliant way of making us all forget about that for the nice moment, which will only make the split more heartbreaking rather than formulaic and expected as it would have been had it occurred last night. Nice all round as well. I think that's really key to this. I think you've hit up on the right point there. Feel good moment. Feel good. Uh, wrestling's not real, but we know to wrestlers these moments absolutely are. And it's just nice when people have good days at their job. Yeah, you know? exactly. And uh, sometimes they have malfunctioned here. <laughs> it's nice when things are nice, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Uh, our second story of the day, if I can get through it without falling to pieces. Um, so this has been this is something that's been circulating for a while. There's mm. been rumours, people putting two and two together. A lot of... Innuendo, in the words of Bruce Pritchard, rumor and innuendo, whatever, whatever. But we have some concrete comments from somebody now, Conan, wrestling legend Conan, who is close to these two men, um, on his Keeping It 100 podcast, mentioning Santana and Ortiz, who are, of course, one of the most tenured uh, and biggest tag teams in AEW. Uh, they're not on good terms at the moment. That's all we got from Conan, but it is a kind of confirmation of something that has been bouncing around for what feels like months and months on so uh, it's kind of difficult to pick apart because it's people's personal business, obviously, yeah. uh, and and whatever's going on between those two guys is between those two guys. Uh, but it is sad, mm. I think. It, it's really sad. I mean, like, I've got some stats here for you. Uh, well, I've got one stat here for you. Uh, they haven't had a conventional two-on-two tag team match since the 16th of February. Now, obviously, they've been in things like Blood and Guts and various multi-person matches, but no just straight up tag matches uh, since then they've not really been presented as like a unified act on television they've more been like just a part of a wider group be it with Eddie Kingston or, or whoever else uh, since they're split from the I almost called them the Jericho Appreciation Society since they're split with the Inner Circle and yeah. Jericho and all those dudes so yeah I've, you know Santana tweeted in April uh, 126 days and it was immediately speculated that he was counting down the end of his AEW contract mm -hmm. that has not been confirmed although it would kind of line up if he had signed a three year deal having debuted uh, it was all out they debuted wasn't yeah. it yeah. that would roughly work out for an expiry date so not confirmed purely speculative it's just a shame because they're su they were such a great tag team they're so much fun they've been yeah. friends for a long time um, personally I hope that whatever's getting between them can be resolved mm -hmm. um, but if it can't that's their business and they've got to move on the best way they can yeah well like you said people's personal lives and we don't know the, the finer points and the finer details of them what Conan has told us uh, Bret Hart said it in his book, didn't he? He said that one of the sort of unique things about him and Jim Neidhart as the Hart Foundation was that they were one of the only teams that didn't fall out when yeah. they split up. He said it was more common for tag teams to fall apart. Even if you didn't see it on screen, it was typical that it was happening behind the scenes and that's why tag teams were eventually booked to split yeah. as well. So it's not uncommon in wrestling, but it's a shame all the same. And it has brought into focus, I think, um, with that stat there, and indeed one we were discussing independent of this story weeks ago, yeah. about the fact that Proud and Powerful hadn't had a standard tag team match on a pay-per-view since 2019. Yeah, or, that's right. Like, that's which right. is just insane it's when you think crazy. about it. If, if you consider them profiled, but they're not profiled enough to make it onto the big quarterly money shows, what really is that profile worth? Yeah, and sure. that might cause tension as well. And it's just wrestling, you know, can do this, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, it would be a shame if they did split. And But 
they've got to do what's best for themselves as well. No matter yeah. what their personal relationships are, when it overlaps so tightly with a professional one, that countdown of a contract mm-hmm. suggests that one of them will at least be thinking, well, you know, I've got to go and make my money elsewhere. Yeah. So there's overlapping forces here at play. It's a shame, but if it brings about, you know, it brings about prosperity in their careers beyond AW or beyond the team, then I suppose they'll be happy with it long term. Yeah, absolutely. You know. And both two very talented guys who yeah. I'm sure will kill it whatever happens mm-hmm. next for them. So, hey, there we go. All uh, right, we're going to talk a little bit about Sasha Banks. Um, she was announced yesterday for an appearance outside WWE, and that got people talking. It's the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. She's going to be there on the 6th and 7th of August. Autographs, photo opportunities, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting because McFoley, who just signed a new WWE Legends contract, is going to be there. Trish Stratus is going to be there. So, you know, Sasha's in this contract dispute with the company. She's trying to engineer her release. Um, barely a day passes without some kind of thing coming up on yeah. the matter. Um, <laughs> but because this was a high-profile appearance outside of WWE, it's understandably got people talking, and that has led to a follow-up report from Fightful Select, noting that wrestling conventions who have tried to reach out to book Sasha have been told that this won't be able to happen until 2023. Now, on top of this, wrestling-related promoters have also been informed that she is only taking non-wrestling bookings until the 1st of January. Now, whether or not this is contractual or personal the reasons behind it that's not known at the moment um, and there's still no firm word on whether or not WWE has actually released her um, we had the report that she had been released that was from Raj Giri of Wrestling Inc we've had others uh, Dave Meltzer I believe has reported several times that she's actually just working on it with her lawyers um, so it, it's a confusing ass situation and it's, <laughs> it's continued to going to continue to be a confusing ass situation for the while so uh, I, th- I think with this, uh, we've picked Sasha's stuff apart till the cows come home several times. I think with this, if she is going to sit out in pro wrestling until January, that as much as I think she's great and as much as I'd love to see her show up in Japan or AEW or wherever the hell else, like tomorrow, I think it'd be awesome. Uh, it, not necessarily the worst thing in the world, I don't think, because while uh, we personally love Sasha Banks and everything, I do get a sense of weediness regarding these stories, regarding these developments. Yeah. Regard- when they come up, a lot of people now are like, oh, come on. What? Mm. Like, they're maybe a little bit tired of hearing about these these bits and pieces that they come up. So might not be the worst thing for her to come back like six months from now and get a mega pop. What, what do you reckon? I mean, maybe I'm just talking complete pish here. No, I agree with that. <laughs> it's that thing of wanting the news, not the weather, isn't yeah. it? At this point, people are hungry. Like, initially, when a story like this breaks, of course, anything is spicy, and especially when it's a juicy one like Sasha Banks, where she's had uh, issues with the company before and has kind of, like, been able to take a stance in the past. But now, after this many teasers of if she won't or if she will, and with none of us knowing the facts, you know, you can speculate that maybe this is just a result of long negotiations and there's no other way to report long negotiations other than negotiations are long and they're going on and things like that and then you get little stories like this i think at this point the less we hear about sasha banks the more whatever her decision is mm-hmm. will um you know will sort of be magnified on television whether that's in AEW in another company or indeed returning to wwe a surprise appearance there's all this news about she can't take wrestling bookings until 2023 what if that means she takes the rest of the year off and then her return is at the Royal Rumble, Boom. for example. Number in- 30 wins it. Enormous pop. Like, that comeback story will be as big as if she'd landed in another company yeah. because she'd been gone so long. Uh, these Comic-Cons and things like that, it's always interesting to me that there is 
There's theoretically a rule. It's typically, if you're a WWE guy, you're probably not going to be there. But there have been rule-proven exceptions in the past. Mm -hmm. And there have been weird overlaps. And Conrad events seem to exist in a grey area. Remember, when The Undertaker was advertised <laughs> to Starcast temporarily, yeah. <laughs> there are so many over there. Kurt Angle was in, and then he was out, and then he was in, and then he was out. There's, there's all sorts of different rules for different guys. And I like Sasha Banks, if nothing else, kind of putting herself out there and maybe dipping a toe to what could be sort of other opportunities for her and maybe testing and prodding yeah. WWE a little bit and saying, well, stop me. And then let's see where this goes. And, you know, that could be tied into negotiations as well. It's interesting, but yes, I think I'm with you. I think uh, the longer this drags out, the less it's going to matter when she does indeed make the decision to make the call. Absolutely. Couldn't agree Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. More uh, good news on this last story here. Biggie is going to make a complete recovery, according to his doctors. That is awesome. Yeah. Particularly as last week we just had that that what sounded like a setback when he revealed that his, mm. his, his uh, C1 vertebrae wasn't forming new bone, wasn't ossifying, and that uh, he was going to have to have an examination on the one-year mark. He's still going to have to have that examination, but there's some positive news coming out of a conversation he's had with Mark Rumondi for ESPN. Um, yeah, his doctors think he'll he'll make this complete recovery. He's going to be evaluated at the six and nine-month marks. It won't be until the one-year mark, which will be March 2023, when they'll have an accurate gauge of how long, how much time he's going to miss. Um, so it's going to be a while before this guy comes back. A very serious injury, yeah. uh, fracturing his C1 and C6 vertebrae. But in more good news, he's going to be working for WWE over SummerSlam weekend in Nashville. They're holding a tryout. Bunch of athletes from different backgrounds, over 50 people there. He's going to be there. He's going to be evaluated.
evaluating Oak. It's appropriate because he was uh, he was a high school and college football player. He was a powerlifter before coming into WWE. Perfect guy to put in that role. Perfect guy. So shouts to Biggie. I, I, I didn't want to go too much into this, but um, it's a, he's a guy who's been very generous with his time when it comes to working directly with us. Yeah. A very nice guy across the board. Consummate professional. Great at what he does. Horrific injury. Good to hear he's doing better. Cannot wait to see him back in whatever capacity that may be. Yeah, we love Big E at What Culture, but that in itself feels a bit redundant because who doesn't love yeah. Big E? Um, this is good news. Any news on Big E's recovery that is indeed our recovery is sort of greeted with, I think, unanimous relief and joy amongst the wrestling community and amongst, obviously, you guys watching and indeed us in the office. We're all on the same page when it comes to Big E and we're all constantly rooting for news like this breaking. The SummerSlam thing is absolutely fantastic yeah, as well. Rules. For a guy like Big E that is just, you know, he's spoken at length about liking time by himself and being quite quiet when he's off camera. When he's getting to be in front of people, he's this amazing Big E that yeah. we've all fallen in love with. So to get a little taste of that again will be as nice for the people, I guess, there as it will be for him. Yeah be able to be back amongst it it's magic this it's all yeah. it's all just great it's all what we want to hear positive stuff across the board yeah. uh, and best wishes to him in his continued absolutely recovery. all right let's move over to today's twitter questions the first one comes from andy matson who by the way has attached a, a crocodile an alligator gif and let me just tell you <laughs> if you put an alligator gif and it's funny and i've not seen it before in your twitter question you have a 0.5 percent higher chance of being Features. Don't say I'm not generous. Uh, but Andy asks, Morning, gents. Uh, what do you think about Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee winning the belts? Who are you most looking forward to seeing them defend against? Love the show and the king of the mic thing, lol, even though it annoys you. I will just say, before we answer that question, don't you bloody dare. You know damn well that you cannot deal with the eel. Right, what do you, you reckon? Uh, who do you want to see uh, Swerve in our glory face? Two eels. Two eels! The eels. Eddie, the band the eels. Eddie the eel. Yeah. And Give me another eel. Eddie Edwards. Is he an eel now? He's an eel. He is, he is. Impact <laughs> eel. Uh, <laughs> Dynamite is the blade. The butcher and the blade. Is there um, a guy called Eddie the eel or have I just made... The, was that the crap Eddie swimmer? the eagle. I think you think. Oh, gee whiz. I can't remember. Right. Forget. For, two of them. Just yeah. two of the actual eels. Two real eels versus swerving our glory. But also... Um, like, I'm worried about treading on your toes here, but the Butcher and the Blade at this point feel like one of the few teams that have always been there in AEW, but have never been considered worthy of contention. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm just looking at the landscape at the moment. As much as there are obvious answers, such as, you know, FTR or a rematch against the Young Bucks, I want to see the field opened up. I think it was something that they were trying to do with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yeah. I'm not sure it worked so well because the... I don't know, the way they arrived at the match just felt a little fake. Hey you, six in the rankings, I'll see you on Rampage for the big title match. They're a little bit sports entertainment-y, but yeah, I'd like to see the Butcher and Blade assemble six wins and yeah. like work their way into that spot, you know? Like just, do it in Buffalo. Do it, ah, oh, see, now that, now that. Do it in their the, hometown. Yes, now there's the, and that's like the AEW staple as well. Yeah. Make it hot, make it cool. And it's fresh, feel super Yeah, fun. 100%. And uh, l listen to The Butcher, by the way, on uh, Rene Paquette's the sessions mm. this fascinating man who has lived probably the most interesting life of all time yeah. it is what a listen uh, and you will come out of that rooting for them to strap them up in bottle <laughs> it's really awesome as an alternative I know it's not the most original line of thought but I still think that Starks and Hobbs beating them for the belts mm. uh, would be a good catalyst but also you have the FDR number one ranked question yep. to answer as well so there's a lot of interesting possibilities uh, right our, our second question today comes from Cool Link 7 
who says, Good morning, guys. After last night's TNT title match, who do you see as the perfect person to take the belt off Wardlow, what do you reckon? Can I have two? You can have as many as you want. Because I'm going to answer the question, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to sort of cheat and contradict the question. So the answer to the question, after a long, long, long reign for Wardlow, and simultaneously a long, long build for this opponent, is a flash, shock win, sucker punch for the governor. And oh, nice. Gogo. <laughs> 12, 12 months or so of steady rebuilding of Anthony Ogogo after obviously the, the kind of the Cody match was a moment for him, <laughs> but not like not exactly maybe the way he would have liked to yeah, have gone. Yeah. But everything he's done since then has been fantastic. The promo in his garden in LA oh, for mate. progress. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. So he is currently running the show on Dark and Dark Elevation. He does commentary, he wins his squash matches in class fashion, uh, along with the factory, like the sort of the heel goon squad of the YouTube shows that I absolutely love. You're governor, a huge factory guy. I, I am now, it. I'm a factory guy it. now. But the governor is rising above it. And uh, what he's got, that power of the punch was so believable when it was like first deployed. And then obviously it wasn't like thrown away in the yeah. Cody match, but it did need to be rebuilt again. And indeed, Anthony Gogo's picked up the wins along the way. Like I say, long runs for both leading to that one surprise victory. AW yeah. dulls these out every now and then. Huge shocks like that. The other one is not for Wardlow to lose, but him to uh, surrender the title when he wins the AW World title oh. in a champion versus champion, ultimate challenge, Hogan Warrior type deal. Oh, Pick the world champion by then, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Wardlow's been indestructible and rises all the way as the unbeaten TNT champion. Lineage of the title could be we. Eddie Kingston gets this big win against CM Punk, who's beaten John Moxley. I know, I like where this is going. Cruelly broken by MJF, yes. who loses to Wardlow long term. We've that done it. Be, we've done it. Boom. We've, we've, we've saved wrestling. Free. Tony Khan you can take that but yeah awesome uh, <laughs> and our, uh, my, uh, my answer is Malachi Black because I mm. just want to see a black metal version of the TNT title like a, whole, <laughs> a hallmark of that Good. belt has been like so Scorpio Sky had the Lakers colours mm. everyone has like lots of guys have their own version of this of this title um, Guevara covered it in cum yeah yeah, that 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 happened. Um, <laughs> but I want to see it with like the spikes and, and just like black metal. Like I want to see one of those fonts that that, that really heavy metal bands have, where you can't read the, the yes. words and, and stuff, and it's just like a mess of things. Like I, I'm a House of Black guy. I would love to see that. So hey, let's do. Also, the matches would rule because Malachi Black is it an would. excellent wrestler. So Anything on an Eric Redbeard T-shirt belongs on a. Belt. Oh man, yeah. we need another Redbeard appearance. By the way, yeah. he was so much fun at Revolution. Love that guy. That big beefy boy coming in once every six months. Awesome. Um, last question today comes from uh, everyone's favourite misfit. Welcome back. Not heard from everyone's favourite misfit in a while, but here they are. Um, with Turner executives being supportive of more AEW pay-per-views and Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor, could we see All In added back to the mix, perhaps as a WrestleMania-like event, uh, but between all the promotions that they have a working relationship with. I think this is a really interesting and layered and deep question that we could do a 30 minute podcast on <laughs> um, because I love the idea of All In existing in history as a big one-off thing that yep. preceded this promotion's launch and brought the wider wrestling world together. Like, it, it, it's a massive thing in wrestling history, this mm -hmm. show. But I also love the idea of an annual Forbidden Door style supercard where it's not just AEW, where it's Ring of Honor, where it's New Japan, where it's AAA, where it's Tokyo Joshi Pro, where it's whatever promotions this company is going to be working with in the future. I think that is an incredible idea. 
Do you, what do you reckon? And if they do that, should it be under the all-in banner? It would be quite appropriate. Yeah, it's lovely that. I really like that. Like, I think we talked a little bit as relates to the All-Atlantic title about this idea of how wide AW wanted to spread the net and indeed open the wrestling world up. Um, the all-in name is so perfect for it. Mm. I never would have thought about that because it's so entrenched in AW law, even though it's not AW branded. I love that show, by the way, and the yep. fact that Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor and now has the rights to it feels right. It yep. feels like it is where it belongs. I think, you know, the more I think about the All-Atlantic title and this all-in concept, I remember Bruce Pritchard on his podcast always saying Vince McMahon pitched the idea of the network. No such thing as streaming in the 80s, but the WWE network as a concept was talking about it as early as the late 80s. Yeah. Right? There's always been a thing you thought could be possible. The more archive footage out. Part of me thinks Tony Khan or somebody within AEW has had this idea pitched for years. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we'll form a company, but also we could be a wrestling destination yeah. we could be a hotbed we could be a hub and one night a year there could be a celebration of that you think about AEW um, always being a part of say wrestling conventions now mm-hmm. and AEW letting the wrestlers do things like the GCW Wrestlemania weekend shows John Moxley's been the GCW World Heavyweight Champion and on Bloodsport and things like that yeah. there's tons of examples of how they've kind of allowed AEW to exist beyond the walls of AEW so why would that not work the other way around yeah. I wonder if this has been on the table with the powerful people quite a long time the big boys the yeah. HBO people well, no, that's the HBO. Because it's called Discovery. There's no ceiling it. to it, is there? Yeah. There's absolutely no ceiling to it. Like, imagine saying you can pick from the menu of any wrestler in the world, yeah. other than who's on WWE's books. That's appealing, isn't it? You know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and it's like. I always think that with any form of art, be it wrestling, be it music, be it television, what movies, whatever you're into, the the best thing about these is discovering new stuff yeah. and like learning your new favorite thing. And uh, this is that's a great opportunity to do that. Like if an AEW fan, for example, watched Miyu Yamashita on Dark yeah. this week, yeah. they might go, "Oh, that she's really awesome. I'm going to go and check some Tokyo Joe. Oh, look, like this Shoko Nakajima, she's really cool as well. And look what Maki Ito's doing over here. Like who's this... got who's got two thumbs and is the guy that Murray is talking about? Hey, this guy. There you go. <laughs> so like the joy of discovery that's is uh, the best thing about following anything, in my opinion. And this show would be a great way to facilitate that but thank you for joining us on today's wrestling news video we'll be back tomorrow with you know what we do on fridays alligators um follow us on twitter at what culture wwe follow michael at michael hamlet what does the michael stand for Michael, uh, Michael, mostly Michael Bolton. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Andy H Murray. The H stands for How Much Is That Doggy in the Window, which is not only his favourite song, but it's about his favourite animal as well. Goodbye. Better than Hullabaloo by me. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 